Hello and welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. We're in the last study in John chapter 12. And I must admit that when I looked at this initially, I couldn't quite see what I would say with these last few verses. And uh, I thought, oh, I'll leave that and it'll be a bit of a struggle. When I have come to it, I have absolutely loved it. And this talk is going to be one of my favourite talks, I think. Probably go horribly wrong, but I think it's going to be one of my favourite talks. And even more favourite because it came out something that I didn't see at all until I'd read it several, several times. John chapter 12, Jesus is talking about the upcoming crucifixion. He's preparing the disciples and the, the crowd for his glorification upon the cross where he will be lifted up to die. And he's encouraging people to trust in the light. We've done lots of studies in John chapter 12. We've taken it verse by verse. Uh, nearly 50 verses uh, and he talks about wanting people to believe in him he said in, and we looked at this in our last study verse 45 when they look at me they see the one who sent me I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness and let's just hear this deep desire of of Jesus to set people free from darkness. He's saying there are people who are in darkness and he wants to liberate them. He wants them to be free. As for those, he says, verse 47, who hear my words but do not keep them, I do not judge them. For I did not come to the world to judge the world, but to save the world. Now, he said these words in a similar way in a number of other places, but it's clear that he's saying that he's not come to judge because judgment is the end of the story. But he's saying that there is still an opportunity, there is still time to repent. And that's reinforced in the next verse, verse 48. There is a judge for those who reject me and do not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them when... At the last day. In other words, judgment is something that is to come. He's not come to judge because judgment is something that happens ahead of time, at the end of our lives, at the end of time, uh, when God judges, when the Father judges, if you like. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all I have spoken. So there's an authority of what he is doing. We looked at that more in our last study. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. So what he's saying is an invitation to eternal life. And this is important. This is God's very own words. So let's go back to 47. I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. What does he mean by judging here? Well, as I said a moment or two ago, it is determining the eternal destiny. It is deciding this is the end. There's no more choice. This is what's going to happen to you. There's no more argument. There's no more room for repentance. The hope of change is finished. Judging is saying it's closed. There is now either condemnation or salvation. It is the moment of separation. It is the moment of division between heaven and hell, between eternal life and eternal destruction, between eternal reward and eternal punishment. It is the closing of the book. That is the judgment. And Jesus says he has not come to do that. That is not what is happening in his ministry. That is not what is happening until the last day. 
So what are the implications for us? Firstly, that we need to hear and breathe, as I said last time, this real desire of Jesus to save. He wants to save. He's come to save the world. His purpose, his mission is to save. His purpose and mission is not to condemn, not to destroy, not to push away, but to draw in, to save, to offer, to coerce, to, to enable people to believe. He wants people to change their mind. He wants people to avoid perishing. Now, that means that saving is needed. That there is a division that is coming. And we looked at this a few weeks ago when we talked about whether everyone is going to be saved. There is a division. There is a, a reality of eternal destruction. And Jesus wants people to be saved from that. Therefore, salvation is needed. But salvation is not through judging. Salvation does not come when we decide that people are good or bad. Salvation is different. He's not come to judge. He's come to save. Therefore, salvation is a different thing to judgment. You see, Jesus is looking for ways to bring people into what he has done on the cross. And he's not looking for ways to push people out of what he's done on the cross. If Jesus had come to judge, then he would have said to the thief on the cross next to him, clear off. He hasn't come to judge. He's come to offer life. So he says to the thief on the cross today, you can be with me. So what Jesus is offering, if you like, is extensions, not guillotines. He is trying to uh, give people more time, more opportunity, come more, more uh, moments to choose him rather than saying it's over, it's finished, you're done, you're rejected, you're out, you're gone. So the first implication is we need to hear the imperative, the longing, the desire of God to save. And any form of Christianity that somehow implies that God's desire is to punish, that God's desire and hope is to send as many people to hell as possible, that is a blasphemy and a distortion. God's desire is to save. He regrets that not everyone will be in heaven. He regrets that some people will need the punishment of destruction in order to prevent heaven repeating the mess of this world. If you want to go back and look at the study I talked about, um, I think it was uh, something like a comfortable, uh, soothing, but uh, untrue idea or some talk like that. It was about three or four talks ago. Have a look at that. Second massive implication is that the role of disciples is not to judge, but to save. And I'm going to unpack that because our reputation is to be people who judge. And sometimes so much pressure is coming from elements calling themselves Christians is to judge. But the role of the disciple is to copy Jesus who hasn't come to judge but to save. So the role of the disciples is to model the love of Jesus commanded and demanded of us. The role is to be kind and gentle and compassionate and gracious, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love our enemies. The role of a disciple is not to excuse. We still believe there's a need for salvation, but it is to show a different way rather than to condemn. 
It is to live out a life that is eternal, that goes on into eternity, that we don't live for the here and now. We don't believe everything is now. We don't believe everything is finished and sorted now, but we live a life believing in the resurrection of the dead. We live a life that points to eternity. But if our role of disciples is not to judge but to save, then we do not condemn but offer hope. We don't label and decide that some people are out. We offer the invitation to come in. It's not that we accuse, rather we show mercy. Our job is not to throw stones. It is not to throw stones. Our job is to offer salvation. It is to model grace, not rejection. It is to seek to include rather than exclude. It is to seek to bring people in. It is to seek to go out to the, to the beggars and, and, and the, the waifs and strays who are outside of the party and the wedding feast and to invite them in. It is not to shut the door and say the feast is full, go away. It is not to say you do not have an invitation and you're not fit for this feast, go away. It is to bring in. The job of a disciple is not to judge, but to save it. It is to demonstrate mercy, not anger. It is not to shout. It's not to use vitriol. It's not to talk about hating people or sinners or groups of people or uh, particular types of sin that we think are worse than other types of sin for some reason that got into our heads. It is to demonstrate mercy, not anger. It is to befriend, not avoid. It is to be the friend of sinners, not the people who, doesn't, who don't know any. It is to be in the lives of people who we know are living lives that need saving. It is to be their friend and to be alongside them and to model and show something different. It is not to judge and to withdraw and to live pure lives when we're not contaminated by anybody who sees things differently. No, we're to follow Jesus who got him, went to the parties that this Pharisees frowned upon, who met with the immoral, who met with the tax collectors, who lived with the sinners and was accused of being a friend of sinners because he came to save not to judge. And if we've come to save, then we're the friend of those who need saving and we haven't decided their outcome. We still hope and believe that they can change. We are pointing to salvation. So I only have one question for reflection. It's a biggie. One question for reflection. Would the world say that we save or judge? What is the reputation of us in the workplace, of us among our friends? Do people know what we're against? Or do they know of our love and mercy and compassion and graciousness and generosity? I call this, title, uh, this subject uh, today fed up with judging and I am fed up with judging. It's so liberating not to have to judge others and I'm fed up with our reputation. Let us be people who are known to be people who have come to bring salvation, not judgment. Let's pray. Lord, forgive us for the times we condemn and, and we label and we avoid, 
and we exclude and we judge. Will you be help us to be people who welcome and forgive and demonstrate mercy and grace and compassion and offer change and salvation? Fill us with your spirit that we might be people who follow, imitate, reveal, and copy Jesus. For your glory in our lives, we pray. Amen.